ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier, and along with Kate Spencer, I host Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Join us every Wednesday with guests like author Phoebe Robinson, chef Samin Nosrat, actress Busy Phillips, and even former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. On Mondays and Fridays, we have mini episodes where we answer listeners' questions on everyday problems like how useful a butt mask really is, how to deal with a petty friend, or how to relax after a long day. So join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Forever 35, where we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Well, here we go. It's a Books of the Year podcast. Thank you very much for downloading another one of our uh, shows. Uh, Mick Heron is our guest for the Q&A. If you missed uh, him talking about bad actors, you can get that podcast uh, where you got this one, to be honest. So this is like a follow-up. This is the sequel. This is the Q&A. And Mick's still very patiently uh, waiting in his studio. Um, so question number one for you, Mick. What was the last book that you really, really enjoyed? Well, luckily, I normally get um, completely stymied when I'm asked questions like this, but luckily in the past couple of years, I've been keeping a list of uh, books that I read and uh, marking with asterisks the ones I particularly enjoy. So the last asterisked book I've got down here, which was last month, was Light Perpetual by Francis Spufford, which I thought was a wonderful novel. Have you read that one? Uh, well, it takes as its starting point a, a bomb uh, during World War Two, which actually happened, and it was a... I'm afraid I don't have a copy of the book with me. Um, I think it was a Woolworths that was destroyed, killing 150-something people. Uh, what Francis Buffett did was, it was take, uh, I think it's five children who would have been killed in that bomb and instead allowed them to live and imagined their lives going forward from that moment in 15-year gaps. So he brings them more or less up to now. And it's a, um, it's it's a you know a, a, a warming conceit if you like. In fact, in, in a way, it's not terribly necessary. He doesn't overplay on the idea that you know these people should really have uh, have died in in um, in infancy. Uh, so it's it's a different set of lives taking place throughout the sort of post-war years and coming up towards the turn of the millennium. And it's just a, a, a nice portrayal of, um, uh, of of British life, I suppose, in the. The different kinds of ups and downs that uh, that meet people as they grow into into adulthood and meet the usual kind of joys and tragedies that we all kind of enjoy uh, during our lives. I, we clearly need to pick this book up because, yeah, I, I think we, we've had another uh, guest on the podcast has recommended this book, and I only realised that when you outlined the plot. So it's, it's clearly a winner. Um, do you have a favourite crime writer, Mick? There are so many of them. I sometimes say it'd be easier to make a list of, you know, a hundred favourites than a single favourite. But if I really had to come down to it and pick one writer uh, for one book, it would be uh, Martin Cruz Smith for Gorky Park, which I do think is probably the finest thriller I've read in, in my life, written during my lifetime. Uh, I'm sure many of your listeners will be very familiar with it, but it's a book written in, as uh, published in about 1980, I think. Uh, no, actually, I think it was 81. I think there was an anniversary last year. And um, it has one of the most sympathetic, beautifully written 
beautifully portrayed characters in crime fiction, Arkady Renko, who plays a, uh, a Russian investigator in a very, very corrupt police service. And uh, it's a, a tale of you know determination to do the right thing, despite all the state machinery being put in the way to prevent this happening. Um, it sounds like um, a, a familiar set of tropes, and perhaps it is, it is. But um, but it's so wonderfully done. Um, I it's one of the books that I get excited about every time I think about it. In fact, the last Q and A that we did with Tom Bradby, he mentioned that book as well. He said that um, he thought Silence of the Lambs was probably the greatest thriller uh, ever written. But he also mentioned Gorky Park, and it, it, I think is uh, is that extra spin in the Gorky Park, isn't that? because the state is the extra excitement and not to unravel is because the state is saying there is no crime. Crime does not exist in the Soviet Union. Partly that and partly the, the, the sense of complete um, danger and alienation you get from having an honest man working in a, a dishonest and corrupt system. Uh, you feel that nothing's safe and everybody has to be careful about what they're doing. So it has that same kind of um, feel about it as something like 1984 does, I suppose, except these characters are aware of the world that they're walking around in. OK, next question uh, for Mick Heron. Uh, if we were to wander around your house or your flat, Mick, um, what would we see? In, as far as your bookshelves are, are concerned, what would we see? Organised, uh, alphabetically uh, listed or just random chaos piles of books everywhere? Reasonably organised, although there's outbreaks of chaos all over the place. Uh, my main set of bookshelves, which line one wall, are sort of ordered. The first set of shelves are mostly non-fiction, mostly essays by writers, really, and biographies of, of writers, but also books on, on film uh, and music. Uh, and then I shade through... American fiction into English fiction and then poetry. I've got a, quite a large poetry collection. I read a lot of verse. Uh, and then another set of shells, which is almost entirely crime fiction. Mostly paperbacks, but not, not entirely. Is there a book, Mick, that you would love to step inside of, even if, it, even if it's just temporarily, just for a day or so? What would stand out for you? I think John Steinbeck's Canary Row and its sequel, Sweet Thursday. I think those are, are wonderful books with a wonderful set of characters. Uh, it wouldn't be having an adventure so much as having an afternoon lolling around with uh, a bunch of deadbeats drinking beer on the back steps of, uh, of Max Flophouse. <laughs> That's, I'd happily spend a day doing that, listening to them tell stories and lies to each other. I wonder if that taps in, in, our, in, in the other conversation that we had with you, Mick, you were talking about being more interested in failure. Possibly, possibly, except the guys in, uh, in Steinbeck's novel aren't, don't feel any sense of frustration at the failure. They are perfectly content. I mean, they've worked at being failures. That's their, been their ideals, really. So um, they're very happy where they are. I'd love to spend time in their company. How many books do you read a month? Well, again, this is where that list I mentioned comes in handy. I wrote, a, I wrote, a, I read 117 books last year, so it comes out quite neatly at more or less 10 books a month. Yeah. You have to understand, I do very little else. <laughs> that is incredible. If, I mean, if you'd written 117 books uh, in the year, that would be like Wilbur Smith. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not James Patterson, for God's sake. No, James uh, Patterson, yes, exactly. Could you ever do what James Patterson does? But could you ever write with someone else? 
I doubt it. Uh, the only time I've ever collaborated creatively was um, spending time in the writer's room for the TV series. I did find that enormously energising. I, I thought it would be a frustrating and, and uh, strange experience, but I found it very warm and engaging. I, I had great fun. But if it came to actually sitting down and, and writing something with someone, no, I think it would be like sharing a bath with a stranger. <laughs> uh, are there any books that stand out from your childhood, Mick? The one that immediately comes to mind is The Wind in the Willows, which um, is is still a warm favourite of mine. Uh, I reread it not that long ago for a, for a chat on the radio and was struck by how much it's a book about home. All the characters are yearning for home in different sorts of ways. And of course it ends with this big battle for, for home with the, uh, with the fight against the creatures in the wild wood to regain Toad Hall. So I was, yes, I, I thought it, it, it still stands up as a, as a classic. It's a book that you can read as an adult as well as a child. Uh, Mick, it was uh, it was fantastic to have you on both our podcasts. Thank you for the insight. Uh, do you think you'll reach 117 books this year? Uh, I think I'm lagging a bit behind because I've been so busy lately. I haven't yet struck 40 in what we're into May. So no, it might be as few as 100 this year. But I'm sure they'll all be fun. Slacker, what a slacker! <laughs> uh, Mick, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Mick Heron's current book is Bad Actors, and uh, you can hear Mick talk about. Uh, that book in our companion podcast but Mick thank you very much indeed thank you Simon thank you Matt ACAST powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings, to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.